Last time on Crit and Hit, no one's heroes arrived at the Ocularum, led by a mysterious humanoid who's been down here for a long time. There, they met Babadatch, a Deodovan with strange connection to the other folks our heroes met last time. They settled in for dinner and learned a thing or two about Valia and Castiel from Babadatch, but who could mention Castiel without putting something in the box? The party pushed their luck, and it didn't turn out so well for Parker and Camden. However, Ela did get a squirrel knife. What kind of mischief will no one's heroes get into this time? Let's find out. everybody. When we were recording this episode and the last one with our guests, we were having so much fun during that session that we didn't bother to stop the recording and start a new one for a new episode. We just kept going. So what that means is we're going to pick right back up where we left off last time. And that happens to be right here. Were you gentlemen doing anything in the meantime? Sleeping. Cruise passes out, not even making it to a cot, just straight into the room, just... No, I literally uh, set my shield and sword down to where nobody could open my door. I, like, I made sure it's closed. Still a little paranoid last time I went to sleep. I mean, there's there's uh, no doors. Then It's just a bunch oh, of cots yeah, laid out. I'm right there on the cot. Perfect. Did you guys go hide why I think you hit? I'm trying to say this very, very sneakily to Humball Parker. That depends. What do you think we hid? One of the things for Edward. Then yes, yes, we did. Yes, we most certainly did that. Mostly Humval. We do need to find a spot on level one for one of those. Indeed, but that's just a simple trip on the elevator. Yes, but we should maybe do it on our way back. We will figure it out. Do not worry. That's a 19 on my perception. Gaskar, please roll uh, stealth. Oh, that's a big fat 11. (laughs) You hear this. I don't do anything about it. Anyone else not going to sleep? I wait until Hila returns. I say that she's safe. Uh, I think I am staying, I'm going to make it look like I'm asleep and stay awake until I perceive everybody else to be asleep. Please make a perception check. Cruz is snoring very loud. Cruz is asleep. Oh, that's a nat 20. Nat 20. (laughs) All right. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Parker, Humval. Uh, Parker is sleeping, yes. Humval is not sleeping. How can he sleep when the dead can't? Do I notice Humval being awake? Uh, Humval, make a. Uh, are you trying to pretend to be sleeping or are you just staying awake? Pretending to be asleep. Roll deception or performance. All right. I'm going to go with performance. Oh, yes. Good choice. 13. Gaskar, while everyone is quietly. Breathing deeply, you do notice Humval is breathing still quite shallow. And you know he is not asleep. Humval, if you're going to be awake, come help me find this necklace. Help you find what now? My name is wants me to find a necklace while we're here in this building. Oh. And if you're awake, come with. No, sucks to be you. Fine. See if I die. Do I know about the silver lines at this point? I think yes. I remember you. Okay. I'd like to begin taking a look around. 
and keeping an eye out for these silver lines. Roll a perception check. Oh, well, that one's a 10. Okay. You're pretty confident there's none in front of you. Okay. Well, I would like to... So, I'm not trying to necessarily steal this object, but I would like to try and... I'm trying to find a necklace, so if I come across any of the the people there, like, I might talk to them. But um, I am trying to go around from room to room as sneakily as possible looking for a necklace. Uh, please roll a... Okay, roll a self-check. Or are you not being sne- sneaky? You're just looking through. I am trying... I, I would say I'm trying to be sneaky, but if I'm being caught, I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, shoot. Okay, please roll stealth. 21. 21 for stealth. Okay. You find your way into the first closed door. Opening it up, you find bars lining half of the room. Uh, You see a small desk to your left and further in the far right of the room past kind of looking in and out of the jail cell on the other side, you find a small chest. I would like to first go over to the desk and check out the drawers, but before opening them, just double check and make sure that they aren't booby trapped in some way or what their lock situation might be. Okay, please roll a uh, investigation check. 17? No, it's fine. Okay. I open them. Two rings fly out of it and... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. You, you open it. At the moment, there's, there's a jailer report. It just kind of is a log of everyone who was jailed in here at one point. There's about 10 names on it. Three of them are reoccurring, but nothing for more than like a day. So is there a name on there? Yes, there are uh, five names. Uh, who's the reoccurring one? Oh, actually, is Rabidash on there? Uh, Babadash is not. Uh, the reoccurring one is Romeo. Romeo. Sounds like a likely culprit. Um, okay, so nothing necklace? No necklace. Okay. So then I guess I would continue on towards the chest and I'd like to do the same sort of thing of investigating it for, you know, any kind of booby trap and get an idea about what the lock might look like. Okay. Roll investigation. 15. It is not booby trap and it is locked. It is locked. Okay. Well, I would like to play with the lock. Roll sleight of hand. (laughs) 10? Uh, 10 does not open it. Is there any reason? It's It's been down here for a while. Is there any reason that I can't try it again? Uh, you may make one more attempt at it. Uh, 18. 18 is enough. Uh, realizing that the lock has been almost like rusted shut by the salt content in the air, uh, you realize you just need a push really hard the second time and it it opens on the inside you find several things you find two tunics of very expensive make uh three small satchels and you find a map along with a cred stick worth 60 credits Ooh, 60 credits Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i i put that into you know I put all that into my bag, but I would like to look at this map a little bit more. Like, what, what, what is this map all about? Okay. Looking at the map, you realize that it is the schematics of the underground layout of all of the pipes within Mist and Sweat. Hmm. They seem to all lead to one building on the right side of this one, and then kind of spider out from there. There is a large kind of empty area right underneath the main town hall, that has a direct line to the fountain. Hmm. I take this map over to Humval. Hey, I'm Humval. Hey, check out this map. I'm pretending to be asleep again. Humval, wake up. I know you're awake. Your, your purring sounds notably different 
from when you're actually asleep and when you're awake. One sounds almost cute and fuzzy, and the other sounds like a cat in the middle of the night yowling outside my window. That is a lie. I do not sound like that. Hmm. You think you don't. I'm sleeping. Dude, check out this map. Um, it shows the underground network. And guess where it all connects back to? Gaskar, what am I looking at? A freaking map of the underground. Where are we? We are right here in this building. Um, and if you notice right over here on the map, the building that's just right outside that window there. We're right here, and all of the underground stuff leads back to right there. Do you remember seeing those silver lines go down into the fountain? No, that that I do remember. Yeah, well, I bet those silver lines keep going right over there into that building. And this is where your necklace is? Oh, I, I don't know, but I think this is quite interesting, don't you? It could be a waste reservoir, for all we know. You think that whole building there is the local sewage center? These people built a town in a fracture. Good point, but... You are a talking mongoose. And you're a talking kitty cat. Leonin, we have a proud history. Kitty cat. I bunch up the map and I throw it over his head. Map has been yeeted. I give him a dirty look and I go and grab the map and I sit down and I study it for a while and then go to bed. Vol, do you finally go to sleep? Yep. Okay, very good. All of you sleep through the night quietly. No bumps in the night, no bed bugs, probably. <laughs> and you all come to a fresh morning, though the sun has not risen, and you don't know 100% what time it is, but it is morning, and you all are awake. What do you do? Well, Humval just stays asleep because cats sleep during the day. 2 a.m. zoomies, buddy. Um, Early in the morning, um, when we get up, we find, I don't know if the room's big enough to find a corner to have a private conversation, or otherwise we go like down the hall down the hall and there's now an open door that leads into a room that is completely empty of people. Well, yeah, we'll pop in there and I will fill him in on what I talked about with Lorelai last night. All right. I guess I wonder if we need to be a little bit more honest with our six-legged friend. Well, it certainly seems like that might be the thing. But at the same time, I'm... I'm concerned about the folk being trapped in these soldiers. Yes, I know, but I can't imagine she would have sent us here to condemn a bunch of people. It's true. And perhaps he knows me. Most people do. Are we ready to reveal ourselves to our new companions? I wonder how wise that is. I have mixed feelings, reservations. There is some curiosity about the mysteries of this world, but is it purely for profit? These four? I have no idea. That's why I have reservations. Um, DM, when we when we left the big room, was uh, sorry. What was his name? Started with B. Babadash. Babadash. Was he still in there, or had he was he up and gone? Uh, he was up and making breakfast for everybody. Okay. Um. No one else has seemed to have left the other room yet. We could. Catch him in the kitchen first, I suppose. I can't. Right. But um, it might be, well, it might be good to take some time in contemplation. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And, uh... Do we go back to the bedroom or uh, hot room? No. You're doing a say, oh God, Forrest is doing a thing. He just laughed. That's No, I laughed at the thought of going back to the room with the other people. Oh. <laughs> Cruz is going to wake up and head out, grumbling something along the lines of, mm, I need coffee. And Gaskar help with breakfast. <laughs> Uh, by the time you reach out there, uh, given your little bit more longer of a foray into last night, you're the last one to wake up. And uh, Babadash has food already prepared and ready. Sitting up, steaming, you don't have to lift a paw. Babadash, do you have coffee? Uh, no, do you? Do you have coffee? Mm. No, thank God. Cruz has Dad. coffee. Oh no, no, I, do I not just, let do not let him I make coffee. Dude, Babadatch, his coffee should be his his coffee. Just give me the coffee. I will make you I will make the coffee. Just give me give me what I need to make it. I haven't had coffee in almost a year. I ran out of it very quickly. Cruz is gonna hand him like a cap camping um, coffee pot and a and a sack of coffee that's like got little almost like tea bags already divided out and everything so all he has to do is pick one up and throw it in alright well he gets to making coffee along with breakfast so you want cream with your coffee I didn't no. bring any cream I want regular coffee but not whatever it is that you made alright coffee being made everyone else anyone else going to do anything for breakfast Parker no, yeah, so I call it the Gasga. Gasga. Hmm. This contract my name is gave you. How close are we to completing it? I don't know. I need to find a necklace. Have you located it? No, I have no idea where this necklace might be. But I was just kind of looking around last night, and I happened to find something that was kind of interesting. And I look shiftily over at Babadash, and I think it might be a map. A uh, map of what? Um, like the underground tunnels? Oh, that's one of the Deodovan maps. Yeah, it, I don't know, it just, I don't know, it seems kind of odd that all the tunnels, did you know that, well, do you know why all the tunnels lead to that building over there? Oh, yes, uh, that is the, the pump station. Oh, so it is the sewage station for the city? Yes. Well, kind of. Oh. It, it, I, I, like, turned my back to Humbal just slightly. The uh, design was the river, bottomless, that runs through here. Uh, the Deodovan use it to kind of pump all of the water down and use it as kind of a, a help uh, gravity, as kind of like a gravity-fed... Uh, series of slipways underneath the town that just carry all of the uh, nasty stuff away from the town, just naturally. Uh, all of it leads to the Dale Dovin's hut uh, because they were the workers on it and had to design and build it from there. Uh, yeah, that's... Because the one on the right is the uh, Dale Dovin, the one on the left is the Reinhardt one. They naturally had to be separated. So the Rein- There's a Reinhardt building in town as well? Oh, yes, yes, yes. The the three main buildings here, because all of the factions had to have their own buildings. And so you have the Deodovan, you have here, which is technically the Silanarin one, you know, the the person who got put in place to run the whole show and everything. And then you have the Reinhardt building on the other side. Uh, they didn't really talk a lot, matter of fact. They just kind of did their own thing, hmm. for the most part. Oh, a uh, different note. Do you know anything about... I was asked to look for a necklace. Do you know anything about any necklace that would be of importance? Why do you want a necklace? Um, because a slip of paper asked me to look for one. The necklace you are looking for is... I take it this is no mother's, grandmother's jewel that was lost down here. Small chain of some sort. Um, I'm going to guess not because... If I was told that I would find it in this particular building, 
And well, if this is the Silonara building, I'm gonna guess that this is not just some trinket that could just be easily replaced at in the fire's bows up top. <sighs> yes, I know of the trinket that you are seeking. What what is it? I mean, more I have no I have no real interest in it other than what my contract is for. And now I'm curious. So what happened was this particular necklace was found outside the walls. It was just found by a traveling guild member, found it on the ground, figured it fell off of another one. When they wore it, brought it into the city, it was that night that the creatures fell and attacked the city and destroyed them. It may be just superstition, but it was the last thing that was unusual that entered the city, to my knowledge. So it is still here? Yes, it is still here. Do you know where it is? I do. And I ask? He begins to walk down the hall to the room in which, Ila, you had your conversation in last night. Does anyone follow? I do. Are we close enough in our room where we've been doing prayers? Probably about done, actually. Um, can we hear this? Yeah, you would definitely hear this, and they're heading towards that same uh, that same door. We um, get up and exit the room. Good morning, all. You sleep all right? Good morning, if you can call it that. I'd call it morning, in case anyone cares. It's morning enough. It is the moment after you have walked in. I noticed we are all marching away from the food. Uh, somewhere important to be. Uh, you guys can get the food. Uh, I'll be back with the food when I come back with Babadash. We're, we're going to go grab something real quick. He's got something for me, it sounds like. I think it's a, a necklace. You don't seem like the necklace wearing type. No, but I'm the necklace getting type. Because I was asked to come down and get it, I was kind of tricked into a, an agreement of sorts. And I'm sorry, but you are far from tricked. Um, I was That was not the contract that I thought I was getting. If I remember correctly, you asked my name is for a contract to sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned to Babadosh. What is he talking about? There was a necklace that was discovered outside of the city. It was brought in. He has a contract to retrieve it. And I would personally almost feel safer if it was outside of the city. It was, again, the last thing that was brought in before this place fell. It was a mysterious object just found in the middle of nowhere. If you haven't noticed, not a lot of people just wander around the second level of the fracture. There was no body, no marks, no nothing. Speaking of things being mysterious, um, hey, uh, Camden, you seem to be kind of familiar with mysterious objects, especially just in the last 12 hours or so. You want to come maybe check this out with me because he seems to be a little bit sketched out about this necklace and I trust your judgment about it. You know, I can't believe I hear myself saying this, but um, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Great mind. Well, sure, if you'd like. I was thinking about breakfast, but apparently I am now thinking about going and seeing a necklace, so... Don't worry, I'll save you some. Lead on. <laughs> Somebody uh, gets crabby before uh, coffee and breakfast, huh? Well, you, got, you have to imagine, you know, he has a cursed ring on his finger. This breakfast and coffee are very important. That's right. <laughs> Whatever you want, they were just on their way, so just go it's and fine. figure out what it is and come back. And I hold out my fingers um, towards the door that we came out of. And I go, right, come here, Vitsi. And the little knife squirrel comes running out. Did you call it? Nice. 
Pizzi. Pizzi? Pizzi. Oh, you forgot. Never mind. And I kind of turn around in a huff and go towards the kitchen. The rest of you enter into the, the large room filled with desks. And as you enter, you notice Lorelai, another older orcish woman, dressed in very clean-cut noble attire, along with a handsome dragonborn, dressed in a audacious maroon trim suit with gold rings on all of his fingers and a large necklace symbolizing the Reinhardt family hanging around his neck. They're all looking through the papers around the crescent, sorting and stacking and moving. And when Babadatch enters and the rest of you, all of their heads turn at once. Babadatch just, good morning. They all nod and go back to their sifting. Uh, Yes, uh, it's right over here. And he walks to one of the desks, the one in the center opens the drawer and produces a necklace matching the description of the one that my name is gave you. Silver with a black gem in the center. I surmise this is what you're looking for. Hey everybody, this is Chris Cornish, your audiomancer for Critting It. I just want to take a little time out to ask you to do a couple of things for us. Find us on Twitter and follow us if you haven't already. We are at crit underscore n underscore it. Also, if you could please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever else that you find us, it would help other people find us and get the story out to others. And speaking of the story, let's hop back into it. Well, I, I think this might be it. Um... I think it might be. Uh, Camden, do you do you have an inkling about it? Mm. I will gesture, holding out my hand for the necklace. He hands you the necklace. I um, scrutinize it closely and uh, cast identify on it. Right. Casting Identify on this. You find this to be a necklace of health. Uh, To the wearer, it will immediately increase your HP by 10. Well, a necklace of health. It increases your life force. Makes it more abundant. That's, uh, uh, that's, That's great. Sounds like something you could really use about now, huh? I don't know how much it would help, but I appreciate your thinking about it. You're welcome. And then I, I hand to stick out my hand, not like greedily, but like kind of like almost dutifully. Like, all right, this is what I need. All right. Um, you just hold it out for him. Drop it in his little. Apparently not greedy pause. Because that definitely, definitely matches the description of Gaskar. <laughs> Gaskar's doing everything in its power not to rub his hands together. <laughs> oh, no, no. See, if this was something that Gaskar thought that he could get away with keeping, there would be a lot more excitement about it. But this is something that he has to return who my name is and doesn't think that he can get away with it with not. Yeah, I mean, you'll have to return it at some point. There you go. Thank you, sir. And I look over at Abadash and like, this is good to take. I can take it. Get it out of here. Okay. Well, seems to be a good thing. So I, I put it on for the time being. Uh, as you don it, it's in that moment, your health increases by 10. You feel it digging into your neck. The chain suddenly cinches around your neck, tightening tighter and tighter. Ow, ow. 
and then decreases by 20. Ow! As it begins to drain the vitality from you. I cast uh, Lesser Restoration. I'm just, it's a a reflex. I'm just Mm -hmm. doing it. Yep. Uh, Quickly touching him, you see the small amount of blood that began to trickle down his neck does heal up. But, Gaskar, the feeling of weakness in your body does not leave. Uh, I think I need some coffee now. This day just got a lot worse. Future note to self, don't put contract (laughs) items on. (laughs) Can can Cruz just slip a knife in between his neck and the necklace and cut it? Yeah, amputation. (laughs) Not his neck, the necklace. (laughs) Uh, it's cinched very, very tight. If you try to cut it, you're gonna start cutting Gaskar. I have blacksmithing tools, which has clamps in it. Can I clamp them? Can I clamp it? It's in there pretty deep. I mean, you can you can certainly try. I'm sorry, Gaskar. I that's never happened before. It I should have. I don't. You see, Babadatch step up to it and kind of grab the the pendant and kind of hold it up and stare at it. You two. And you see the other three immediately look to Babadatch. I think it's time that we had a small conversation downstairs. I say, let's go. Can we grab coffee on the way? I follow Babadatch. As we pass the right. the coffee brewing area, I'm going to turn to uh, Cruz. Cruz, did you make the coffee? Did you pick up where Babadash left off? Yes. Give me some of that right now. I doubled up the amount of coffee and I reduced the amount of water by half. I that that sounds perfect. Do I see this happening? Wow. <laughs> yep. It pours in like syrup. Who hurt you? If not who hurt you, then why are you hurting us? (laughs) Cruz goes fine and he pours in more water. He just brews a coffee ooze in the morning, casually drinks it. Gaskar, can we go? Yes, let's go. Did we go by the kitchen? That's where you are getting coffee on the way past. Yeah, they, uh, Babadatch would have stopped gone back to allow Gaskar to grab his liquid refreshment. I was going to say, so while, while, um, while they were off doing stupid things, um, <laughs> Ela found a little corner of one of the tables and like collected up like a plate of like a bunch of samples of all the different kinds of any food, just little tiny, and is trying to feed. Okay. So it's Vitsi with a V. Vitsi. Trying to feed Vitsi and see what they will eat. Okay. Okay. Which is probably uh, nothing, but we'll see. I love Vitsi. And having now recently acquired the sense of taste, willing to taste anything at least once to see if she likes it, she doesn't know, or it doesn't know. I don't know. Hey. It's a dagger. <laughs> uh, they? Yeah, Not we'll anymore. I don't know. Ask, ask Spanish. Ask Spanish if it's a boy or a girl, <laughs> and then you'll know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, in determining a little bit more of its creative palette, you do now see everyone begin to make their way in. And Babadat with a very serious and angered look. Just not really at anyone, just... Uh, and I will, I will, I'll just, I'll call them up onto my shoulder and immediately go and just kind of, I don't say anything, but I just kind of have that like quizzical look at Camden. Uh, I... I identified it, and it didn't. It seemed like it was okay. Wait, did, uh, uh, can I see the necklace on Gaskar? Did he put? Yes, he put it on. It was a. Can we please stop putting on things that we don't know what they are? I knew what it was. Yes, but you know that doesn't always work properly. If it didn't work, then whatever that is is very nasty. Far worse than anything, except maybe these rings. <sighs> right. Oh, well. We're going downstairs, I guess. I look at Babadash. Okay. 
It's time that we had a true meeting face to faces. I do not disagree. All right, lead the way. Turning around, you do notice the three that were in the room are now standing blocking the doorway. Babadash walks up to them. Excuse us. Move. Lorelai kind of scans your group. How do you know that we can trust them? You know how vulnerable we are down there. You see him look like dead in each one of their eyes. I have hope that they will be able to do something that we have not been able to. I will take care of you no matter what. No matter what the consequence, I will stay here with you. But we must go down and we must know if it will work. And with a good amount of hesitancy, the three begin to kind of collapse backwards and let you guys through, following close as you begin to pass by. Leading you all down through the misted hollows of mist and sweat, he leads you to the fountain and coming to its edge, he kind of climbs over the side of it, looking down into the hole where it kind of, it, it looks like the whole fountain just kind of fell to the side, smashing as it does, as it did. And left a massive gaping hole where the water would have come up. For the first time, you see the spindly arms of his Deodovan nature kind of unfurl from his back. And then you see him just kind of hop down the hole while all four of them kind of drag along the side. And he plops down about 10 feet down onto another small pile of rubble. I'm sorry, there's no easier way in, but I surmise you can make a jump. Are there any handholds that I might be able to use to climb down with my mongoose claws? It's pretty rocky. Once it got broken, it was very rugged, as it did. So you could climb down if you want. I do so. You surmise this is this was more of an angry jump for him than anything else. I uh, will offer Ila my hand for going down and uh, lower her as far as I can reach. Or down, is it? 10 feet. Oh, yeah, that would be fine. And, yeah, and and then I'll set Lucerne Hammer with the uh, hammer head, the spike pointed down and kind of brace as I uh, use it to guide the fall down in. Well, you land on the similar pile of rubble. And the rest of you, you just climb down. Yeah. Having entered, you find yourself in a 10-foot wide uh, tunnel. About a foot of water still flows constantly against your feet as you kind of establish yourself. Uh, the tunnel itself disappears in the darkness in both directions. You know to your right, it leads back up to the town. And you know to the left, it leads more to the wall. The silver strands that you had seen previously line the ceiling like spider's webs, disappearing deep down to the right. And a constant splashing sound can be heard as well. But following Babadatch, you trudge through the water and follow the tunnel. It continues for about 300 feet before you eventually see a faint light within the deep darkness of the tunnel. It grows slightly brighter until you begin to make out just the faintest visage of a doorway, about 30 feet away. Making it to the room itself and peering in, you see the room itself is about 50 feet wide by 50 feet long. Large oval shapes protrude along the walls on both sides of the room. Broken pipes and metal shards hang from the ceiling and jut out from parts of the wall, telling you that something violent rocked this room once. But no debris can be found on the floor. It's still covered in water, though. Through the sound of the small waterfall, you hear what could amount to the sound of a boot being forcibly jerked from thick mud. In following where the sound came from, you find your eyes settling upon a large, writhing mass. Reddish in color, the pile reaches nearly to the ceiling, 
which is about 20 feet high, pulsing and moving, you see the true body of the Ooblets. It is nearly transparent, but the light reflects something within it. Entire skeletons of all shapes and sizes layered neatly and spaced perfectly within the goo, and you can make out the light source you saw. A small glowing orb, the image distorted through the movement on the surface, but you clearly recognize what it is. Does anyone enter? Mm-hmm. Oi. Gaskar, as you spoke first, taking a step into the room, your foot hits something and you see a small bobble move in the water beneath and suddenly glow blue and in the ring of disturbed water and as it emanates out, you begin to see another one and another one and another one and another hundreds of small glowing blue bubbles within this foot of water just kind of echo out through the floor of this room before eventually fading back into darkness. Uh, I think I turned to Camden and just kind of look at him and look down at the glowing bobbles while they're still glowing. It's a lot of souls. A lot of people died, but not really. No, they died. Can I back off down the hall? Behind, like, back off down behind the group a little? Um, just kind of discreetly and um, want to get, I don't know, in 20 feet away, maybe. Um, and I want to turn around and um, kneel in the water, whatever is there, it doesn't matter. Um, but kneel two knees down and reach my hand under my breastplate and grasp tightly onto the item that you know is there. And I'm just going to reach out with everything that I have looking for guidance. I don't know what to do. I don't know what we're supposed to do, what the right thing is to do. There's a lot of people here that could potentially be destroyed. And I'm just like, with everything that I have, trying to grasp any sort of direction, anything. In reaching out, you do notice and feel that it seems being down here, something about this place makes you feel like there's more of a connection to her than you had previously anticipated. And as you begin to try to reach out and think and feel and want to know and have guidance, it's as if the the words of a parent telling a child that they did something scary, they fell off their bike, but to try it again. And it's that kind of, trust me, it's scary, but it's the right thing to do. And you feel it kind of tug toward the room where they had previously and are now looking. Um, after a minute, I will get up and just like tears streaming down my face and I will walk past everybody straight into the room. With every step that you take, the baubles and just kind of emanate their blue glow once again. And you make your way to the body of the Ublex. As Just as I'm walking, I will pull out our piece. Yeah. From the left and from the right of the body of the Ublex, you see Lorelei kind of step out from the goo. You see Talion as well, as long as, or as well as four others, some of which you recognize from the room previously. And all six of them, three on each side, just staring and standing there. They speak in unison. We have been told to trust you. We do not promise anything, but if you take that which we have, we are sorry for what we do. And we're sorry for what we did. But what is a, what is a goddess of hope that Babadash has so lovingly begun to teach us how to feel, how to make our own opinions. How could we call ourselves 
followers if we ourselves have no hope. And to this point, you see Babadatch kind of walk up beside you and kind of walk up to Lorelai in particular and kind of grasp her hand. And the others just kind of fold in around him a little bit. You see him kind of look back to you and, and nod. It's okay. Take it. They'll be fine. I think at this moment, Gaskar is just dumbfounded going, what's that like? Amden? Amden? I'm scared. I, uh, I'll walk over to her and, uh, take her hand and say, she's never let you wrong before. And do you remember what you said? No, what did I say? You're for a reason. I will reach out into stuff and try to find a second piece. It hurts reaching into this ooze. You feel your hand almost like it's it's burning, but not. But less of you moving your hand and more the orb moving towards yours. You feel it just kind of set itself into your hand. Pull it out. Pulling it out, you can see the strands of goo trying desperately to still hold on. Just little by little, you just see them kind of... And just one little strand just kind of holding on for it to finally releases. In that moment, holding both pieces, you see in one half, almost almost like a, a face, like a visage, but the curvature kind of ending at middle of the forehead and the nose. And you see the other half is almost an exact reflection of it. And you see these beautiful eyes just staring at you. And you see kind of a, a faint smile break across both of them as you see it almost nod in the center. And then fade and you see two fingers kind of point at one another. There, we do it together. And the one half. And we'll push the, the orbs together into each other. Upon making contact with one another, they fuse. A bright flash of light bursts in the middle of the room. You see it light everything through the Ublex, through everybody, blinding some of you in an instant. Camden and Ela, you hear a quiet voice speak out from the ether. Well done, my children. Well done. Due to your perseverance and your hope, I grant you the ability to save these poor souls. Please use my power for the best. Never lose hope, because I hope in you. Both of you feel an energy begin to radiate through you. Camden, that ring that you had on begins to pull away from your finger. It's trying <laughs> to get away. And you feel the very teeth that it has used to bore into your skin suddenly release and it slips off of your finger, falling into water below you. Both of you have gained the ability to use greater restoration three times a day. Wow. Amazing. <clears throat> well, so much for cursed items. It's ironic that this was going to be the culmination of it. And Camden, there is a tugging within your pocket. I reach into my pocket. You produce one of the orbs, the one you got from Rose. I hold it up and I say, burn bright, free spirit, and cast greater restoration on it. The blue lines that emanate from this small bauble suddenly shatter, almost like the light explodes off of it and then suddenly begins to reform and you see it begin to form back into Rose as you had seen her in a ghost form. You see her kind of tap down onto the uh, water itself, kind of walking on the surface. 
You see her take what seems to be a breath and then look to you. Ela, a very shaky Italian, old man, comes to you with another small bubble and places it in your hand. I take it and look at it briefly. Well, I think they've waited long enough, yes? And I just cast greater restoration on it as well. The guardsman to whom this bobble's soul was bound breaks out. In a similar way, you see him reform and then begin to make his way, standing on the water, kind of up and take a breath. Still transparent, still very ghostly, but seeing Rose, you see both of them begin to make their way to each other. And in a moment, you see them embrace. Looking around after just a quiet moment, they kind of pull away from each other, look around, and you two hear in your heads once again, they will not be free to fly. The veil is still shut, but here in the city, they will be free to live. And with the guardian here now, confident in their ability, they will be able to live their lives till the veil is once again open, instead of in these cruel contraptions hunted for sport. I think we've got our work cut out for us. Yes, a lot of it. I uh, look to Gaskar and to Parker, and I um, point first to Parker and say, burn bright like the forge. And I uh, cast Greater Restoration. The ring flees your finger just as the light drove it from Camden's. It falls into the water and you are removed of the curse. I was just going to look at you and thank you. I was trying to figure out a way to tell my mother about this. (laughs) I imagine that would have been an interesting conversation. Yes, very. And I will uh, cast again on Gaskar. The necklace around your neck suddenly loosens, the chain falling slack. You are removed of the curse. I rip it off the instant that I think that it will get up and over my head and I shove it into my backpack. (laughs) And then I, hey, thank you. And then I look over to Cruz, your coffee still sucks. And I throw it into the water. Cruz is still going to have his cup of coffee, take a sip and say, still not strong enough. All this before 8 a.m., guys. (laughs) You guys are good adventurers. You see Babadatch now approaches you as well. Well, uh, that happened. Uh, So you're able to free the souls now, right? It will take time. We um, are still merely mortal and can only do so much at a time, but yes. Well, uh, I have places to, to rest. I have plenty of food. I, I'll cook. I, I would be very nice to have company as well, uh, especially because now um, our friend here is, well, um, a little more confident in their abilities. A little shaky, but nonetheless. Uh, Valia... Valia has done this. She is not gone. No, she's not. Oh, yes. I imagine once this is cleaned up, you will want to return to your mission in finding the others. I'm pretty sure we had a mission to hunt something down while we were down here, but... Oh. It's still too early in the morning, I can't remember. And you see, you see, um, Babadatch grab the empty sphere and just toss it to you, Cruz. There's been a couple times where um, some guild members from some memories we may have, may not have learned from, uh, the contract very rarely designates that it must be blue nor glowing. Uh, so if you just return the bauble, you have successfully fulfilled your contract. Well, thank you. I guess we can go. Well, we got two here, so uh, how many do you need? You have a bunch of those um, 
empathy bobbles. Of course. Emotions to the ground and then to these two. I pick up two. I pick up two mm-hmm. just at my feet. And once I cast Dare to Restoration on those two, I then hand them. You see a small halfling and a human both begin to kind of run their way down the hallway back to the uh, entrance onto whatever greater things they will start doing within the town. Uh, you have now acquired four of these empty bottles. And Babadatch, laughing now, just at how everything has now worked out, and, <laughs> well, my goodness. Well, I really wish after all this is done that I could go with you, but, you know, he kind of, like, lifts up his heel. I'm a little stuck, but... You know, staying with them, they may have learned a lot, but I've honestly learned. I've learned that hope can exist in even the darkest of places, and even with the darkest of hearts. None of you forget that lesson. Cruz is going to just slump his shoulders and go, I just remembered that the elevator is 12 hours away. Oh, yes. No, that is something I cannot help you. If you'd like, you can take, um, you can follow the current. We have a boat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, please. Okay. Well, um, before we would get into such a boat, Gaskar, being an artificer who has never known natural magic, let alone presence of a god and their ability to influence magical tinkering and such a thing, and deep having been deeply convinced that. The stories of the gods from long ago were either a myth, non-existent, or truly dead. Um, I imagine would walk over to wherever the orbs of Valia are. Well, they're one now, right? Right. Yeah. So the orb of Valia. So I just have that around my neck. It's outside my armor now. Um, so this probably looks super awkward, but Gaskar like comes in, like almost like collapses to his knees in front of the orb and says, Valia. Well, I thought you must have been just nothing more than a fairy tale. But here you are. I want to learn. Not not magic like they've done, but I want to make things that cannot be explained. Partially because of my own insatiable curiosity (laughs) and maybe to line my pockets. But this is fascinating. I have no words to express how much my mind is now intrigued and how much my heart yearns for there to be more than these stupid magic tech drives to fiddle around with. These things are basically toys. Well, until we can somehow get magic back to the surface, this is our lifeblood. And I don't think anybody up here, anybody down here can control magic to full whims. Well, there's nobody living for the most part. I'm still not understanding. Our whole world just got rocked by the presence of a literal god. Shut your face. I'm, I'm still trying to put this all together. Whatever. Whatever you can offer, I will take. Whatever, however I may serve, in order to truly, admittedly, meet my own ends, I will do. Uh, so, let's see. Camden and Ela, you hear within your, within your minds, do you think he could be better? Everyone can always be better. I will leave this to you. You can either tell him to seek out these orbs, and you may impart unto him the location of the next one, or you may wait and seek this out yourself after these souls have been released. It will take a while, but we have work to do, 
So if you trust that he could perhaps be better, impart this knowledge unto him. I will squat down to be kind of eye to eye. And I'll, I'll look you directly in your eyes and say... I just... Uh, when she starts talking, I cast Thaumaturgy. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. You're okay. <laughs> I love this. And her voice will reverberate through the entire chamber. Amazing. <laughs> and and <laughs> like the the water around her will like start to kind of go in waves away from her. <laughs> Gaskar, okay. the goddess Valia is speaking <laughs> to you. So, um, uh, I will say, don't lie in your pockets. If you can better yourself, be better than you are. Seek her out. Help us. Maybe eventually she will be whole again. Gaskar um, falls absolutely prostrate. <laughs> I, I don't think Gaskar is mentally or emotionally equipped to handle a, a moment like that. Um, <laughs> and shut off. <laughs> uh, look, I make no promises. I mean, you've seen me. I, I can be nice and I can... I could also be the guy who eh, takes your lunch money. But I do it because I feel compelled to. I have most of the time I I honestly just steal because I just feel compelled to. I, I get a little bit twitchy. But I can try. That's all anyone can ever do, Gaskar. You can be whatever it is you would like to be. Make the change. That's all it is. <laughs> that sounds a lot better. I don't know who did this to me and putting me into a mongoose body, but I have not been who I wanted to be for a while. All right. Stand up. Gaskar stands. Ela does too. A little bit shakily. There is another piece. Another of many. We are going to be here for a very long time, getting these people back to where they should be. Help us find it, bring it back here. Yes, I can do that. Is on the fourth level of the fracture, hidden within an old temple. On the fourth level, hidden in a temple of Kret, or two Kret. At this point, I, tur I, I turn to the other three that have been very quiet. I know the four of you are sort of a team, but can you help? Helping others is part of my nature. Well, we've already come this far. There's no point in going anywhere else, so we're here for the long haul. Well, at least I am. Well, agreed. I didn't come all this way for nothing. Although we had contracts to complete, which are, they look and appear to be done. Well, there's one orb for each of you. One or, or, or the jars. Mm. Oh, oh, yes, the, the bubbles. Um, yes. yes. But yes, I will, I will help. Another story for your mother. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to believe it. Oh. Well, it's a bard's tale. <laughs> I haven't even had breakfast and I'm exhausted how about you I also didn't have breakfast someone told me to go take a look at a, a necklace well I didn't tell you to put it on so I didn't put it on can, hey Babish can we go get breakfast and can you make what? some new coffee sure I feel like we could all use a little bit of respite after this and as you guys take a few steps it's interesting. Lorelai comes up behind and 
I think we should join you. I am feeling a little hungry myself. And at that, you see Babadash just kind of like look at her very strangely and you're never hungry. We are now. Excuse me. uh, I am now. Come, let's get some food. And they all accompany you to go get food, share a breakfast with some better coffee. And that I feel is where we shall end this episode. These series of episodes. Fantastic, guys. Was anybody else a little bit terrified right there when he started talking about how she was hungry and thinking that we were possibly all about to get attacked by an ooze who was very, very hungry? <laughs> I was I was literally about to say, I'm getting on the boat. Where's the boat? <laughs> oh, was... Keep the coffee, Paul. It was the, they had never slept nor eaten. Uh, there was only ever one worn cot, one worn chair, and that was Babadatch, because he was different. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed this series of episodes that we did with Tris and Forest Leader. Big thank you to them for joining the show for these episodes and helping us wrap up the first major story arc. That's right. This first story arc is done, and we're going to do a one-shot, and then we're going to do a special episode called Shooting the Crit, where it's us as a cast just sitting around talking and theorizing about what in the world Sawyer is going to throw at us next. Anyway, catch you later, and don't forget to keep telling your stories.